0: Good morning, it's always my boat to keep going with worship, always, I know, boy there are days coming where it's just not going to stop, you ready for those days, yeah, I am, I am definitely ready for those days. Well, I'd like to introduce myself. My name's Greg. (laughs) For those of you who are new, I'm doing that because I've been gone for three weeks, but uh, three and a half weeks. But um, very glad to be here. Uh, The Lord has done some amazing, amazing things. I'm going to share with you this morning, but I, I do want to By the way, I'm getting just a little bit of ring in this. Uh, I do want to say hello to so many of our friends online as you're joining us and uh, from all over the country, all over the world, but I want to say a special hello to a group that we have not met yet, but we're about to, and these are are many pastor friends of ours from a place called Kisi, Kenya. The Lord has had this on my heart for the better part of the last year. And so right now, Michael, I think he's going to be there tomorrow, I believe, if, if I'm correct. Uh, Michael, uh, who, who, is, who is our leader abroad in Nigeria, uh, he left last Tuesday... Uh, to spend some time in Uganda and then in Kenya, which is where the Lord has, has told us we'll be expanding to those areas. Um, he has spent the last few days in Uganda. Uh, he is there with some precious friends of ours, um, and tomorrow I believe he he crosses the border and heads toward Kisi, uh, Kenya, which we knew nothing about except that that we became uh, friends and the Lord led us to some, some people there that, uh, that, that were listening online. So I'm excited he'll be there in the next couple days, get to meet all of them. He'll be in Nairobi as well before he flies back. So do keep praying for Michael. Um, it has already been an incredible trip. He, he's already sent me certain things that he has updated on. Uh, but keep him in your prayers. Um, because taking land is not an easy thing, right? It, it can't be done without the body of Christ uniting together in that prayer, in that fight, right? It's just like like Tom said to me before service today. He said, were you okay on this trip? I said, I think so. He said, well, I, I don't know. The Lord just laid it on my heart in a moment to to pray heavy over you. And I said, well, that's probably why I'm okay, because the Lord engages his people to unite, unify, and fight. That's what he does. So I'm thankful for that, and that's, that's what we're doing for Michael right now. Um, before we get, get started here, um, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we worship you. We praise you. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace, your mercy. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who I don't need to ask for because he is already here. I felt him all throughout worship. Permeate this place, Lord. Permeate with this place with your will, with your desire. Permeate our hearts with receiving exactly what you want us to receive. Lord, none of us want to waste time Searching for things that are just of our own accord. I don't want to be here of my own accord. I want to be here because I am seeking you and desiring you, and I'm in unity with these precious people to do that very thing. So, God, I give you my mouth, I give you my will, I give you my mind. I willingly give it over to you to do with what you want. I offer this vessel to be used by you according to your will. And I pray that you speak, not just to these people, not just to the people online, but to me. I come here hungry for you. Hungry, and you said the hungry will be made satisfied. If we seek you, we'll find you. We come this morning seeking you, desiring you, hungry for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let these words that come out of my mouth be yours and not mine. For mine are just a waste of time. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you haven't yet heard last week's sermon, man alive, listen to it. If you haven't heard it twice yet, listen to it. Open yourself up to what the Holy Spirit has for you because I'll tell you, maybe when when we get into it a little bit here i'm going to share about my trip there was there was a point in my trip cuz i was able to be live with you guys it was it was really cool i was in a place where i wouldn't even think i would get reception and reception was perfect the entire time the entire service i was live with you guys and and there were moments where okay i'm men cry let me just point that out all right, if I say I cried, it's not because I'm not a man. But I was bawling because the Holy Spirit was so heavy, was so thick, was so thick on that message. So I want to encourage you to to go back. It, it was It was a message for me. I was so encouraged by it. And God is doing something special. He's doing something special here in Ignition, and you need to see it. If you don't already, you need to see it. This is not a typical church. This is not a normal church where we, we build around some focal point right here. In fact, it is the pushing out of the bride. It is the going out. It is the training to go out, to reach out, to take land. We've talked about this many times. So I really I want to encourage you Go back over last week and the weeks before and let the Holy Spirit speak to you about that and what the status is between you and the Lord. Where your spirit is with Him. Whether you're fragile, fractured, or fortified. Thank you, Lord, for letting me remember that. That's awesome. (laughs) So the last three and a half weeks, I, I do want to share it, what the Lord did. Uh, this trip has not been a normal trip. This trip by far was the hardest trip I've ever been on. Uh, not only because of the length of it, but because of the contents. The reason I was taken there in the first place, and and, and the Lord is going to have me share this this morning, all the things about the trip, for the sake, I, I, I think it's... It's certainly for the sake of you guys, but it is for the sake of a documented evidence that will be seen in the future. And you'll understand what I mean when, when I read these, uh, these words and these declarations. But the trip started with the Lord said, if you, if you recall, I, didn't, I hadn't planned to go yet. And then the Lord told me, I believe it was on a Thursday morning or something like that, you need to go now. And so I booked the trip and I left a couple days later, leaving earlier than I thought that I would. And the reason for that was to get a word to somebody there who is stepping out of God's will. This person, I am going to go public with this because not that it will change their mind, but the world will see what it looks like to step In the way of God, he will move you out of the way. You guys know that this is an election season in Nigeria. You also know that Nigeria is extremely corrupt, right? That's anybody that gets an email from some prince knows what I'm talking about. But the politics there are also very corrupt. They go to who really has the power has the money for the power. And that's how it's played out so many times. There were people running in the national election. There was a man running in the national election that was breaking that mold. He was the governor of a, of a state before, and then he chose to run For the national election, his name was Peter O.B. A man who loves the Lord. A man who, like something we've seen here in the States years ago, drew crowds that nobody drew there before. In fact, it scared them. It scared them. And and the man who did win, let me do it like this, did win, (laughs) who bought the election, was scared the man who had all the power in the world because he had all the money in the world was scared and like here although maybe even more blatant so many of so much of this came out because to won, presumably but then so much has come out about fraud which I hate to say that's a normal thing there, but it really is. It's a normal thing. Well, you have the national election that happened in February, then you have a state election for governors and, you know, state officials that happened at the beginning of March. That's what I went out there for. Because in the primaries, there was. A person who stole, for Benway, where we are, who stole that primary election. In fact, they didn't hold a primary election. There were no votes cast. There were no people that gathered to offer their votes, and yet there was a winner. How do you figure that? It's because it was corrupt. That was taken to to court and, and all of that. Well... The person that the Lord has chosen to be the next governor of Benway is the old chief of staff of the current governor, and that is Tewase Orbunde. He has been a very close friend of this ministry. He is a man who I've known for a long time who loves the Lord with everything that he is and everything that he has. He is by far, not even close, by far the most popular person in Benway. And yet was held out of the primaries because they didn't hold any primaries. Right? That was taken to court and won. What was interesting, however, is it was only one for, and I'm trying to remember this correctly, 10 out of the 22 districts. Okay, which doesn't matter because, effectively, this other person won the other 12. Which is not true. Obviously, there were no primaries. So it was something fought in the courts. This was parallel, as best as I understand it, parallel to another state. Had the same exact thing happen. That one went to the Supreme Court the Supreme Court then said that it was wrongfully done and they threw it all out. So we felt pretty confident. By this time, I I was there. We felt pretty confident that the Supreme Court's going to hear this and do the same thing that they did in Trava State. All of a sudden, they didn't. They ruled opposite. 180 from the other group, from the, uh, literally the other ruling that was exactly the same. And so the Lord gave me a word to give to this person who had taken this wrongfully. I'm going to read that word here because the Lord wants it to be public. It was a tough word to give. He was a tough man to track down. So tough, in fact, that I finally asked the Lord, can I just get this to him on paper? Because I can't spend the next two weeks just following this guy around trying to get to him, but we can—we have messengers that we could do that with. And the Lord said yes. This guy's name—he's he, a ex priest, Catholic priest. His name's Father Elia. I can't stand calling him Father, but that's what he's known as. Um, and. He was brought on for one reason, one reason only, because he was willing to go after the current governor, go after everything that he has, and put him in prison. That's how it works there. Tewese was made the same offer. If he was willing to do it, they would have put him in. But he said, no. He said, the Lord told me vengeance is mine. That's it, the Lord. He said, I'm not, I'm not touching that. The Lord can do it. So, Tewasei was immediately put off that list in their mind. Well, this is what the Lord gave me. And this is what I got to Father Elia. The Lord says, You have taken a seat that is not yours to sit upon. I have reserved this seat for one who is doing my bidding. I give you an opportunity to withdraw. If you do then I will reward your faith and use you in ways for my kingdom that you could not imagine. But if you choose not to withdraw, your life will be required of you. You will not sit upon this seat that you seek. That got to him, uh, I want to say it was five days before the election. And when he received it, he got very angry. As you can imagine, he read it in front of our our uh, guy that we sent up, which is Michael's chief of staff. Got very angry, told him to leave, and well, he didn't choose to step aside. He did win the election. He is slated to be the next governor of Benway. That transition happens at the end of May. And the Lord wanted me to go public with this because he will not sit on that seat. That's what the Lord said. So I declare that to be true. He will not sit on that seat. I wanted to share that not only for the purpose of of it going public, but because it gives you a flavor of what this trip began like and continued like. So I appreciate your prayers because it was about warfare. I I, I said it was a hard trip for me. Um, I've never had a trip where I got so little sleep in my life. I averaged about four hours a night and not because I wasn't in bed, but because I couldn't sleep. I would just lay there hour after hour after hour and just talking to the Lord you know, you might go to sleep yet. we just keep talking. There were many times, many nights, I would get one hour of sleep and then have to get up and, and do the day. But the Lord sustained that in a miraculous way because I don't know about you guys, but I don't do well without sleep. I mean, really. You know, I know a lot of guys can say, Oh, you know, five or six hours and I'm good. Yeah, five or six hours, and I'm just getting into it. You know, seven or eight, and, and I'm good. So I appreciate your prayers. But then we, we got a lot accomplished as far as uh, infrastructure and different things like that. There's going to be uh, announcements coming up of things that the Lord is doing that I, I don't want to share yet. But um, so many things happened down in McCurdy. And then I went up to to uh, Joss, which is where we're expanding up to Joss. We've told you about that before. We took on a orphanage, um, originally just taking on kind of helping them get into a new new space because they were being kicked out of their old space. Fifty four children plus a staff. We kind of took that on. But between the beginning of that and this trip, the Lord led us to fully take it on. And, and so this trip was about that. It also was the first time that I got to meet these kids. And I got out there and played, well, they call it football. We call it soccer. I said if it was football, I would have had the advantage because I'm a lot bigger than them. <laughs> but it's their kind of football. So they have the advantage because I was huffing and puffing. The one thing I'm allergic to is dust. What do you think gets kicked up all over the place when you're playing soccer in Nigeria? They don't have grass. They have dirt and it's dust, but it was so much fun. And I I got to meet with them and talk to them. In fact, I want you to put that picture up. This is only half the group, but this is those are the kids on the far left is Grace. She is the head. And then the kind of the back right is her husband. And of course, you guys know Michael there, and the other white dude in the back is me. But the, these these are about half of our kids. They were so excited. I can't wait. I told them they're they're putting a uh, like a picture with a profile together of each one, and we're going to make a board here and have them on a board, so you guys can kind of get to know them. We're going to do the same for them so they get to know you. It's our, our idea to, to want to reach out. I hope that, you know, maybe some of you guys will be kind of pushed to reach out to them, send a letter, send an email, whatever, whatever the case may be. But they, they were just awesome. They were just awesome. And we had some amazing meetings up in Joss. And it was really good. And I'll say this one last thing about, about that trip because it blew me away. First time we were up in Joss, and I think this was my third time, but first time Alexis and I were up in Joss, we, we went to eat at this hotel, which is an old, like abandoned, dilapidated hotel except for the restaurant. The restaurant was the only thing that was like in working condition, and it was, it was a Chinese restaurant, really good. But I remember walking in there and kind of before going into dinner, walking around thinking, you know, and the Lord, Lord keeps telling me, this is yours, this is yours. I'm like, you, you mean this hotel? He said, yes. He said, here's your base. Here's your base. Well, at the time, I had no idea how big it was. I had, at the time, I thought it was just that one building. And this trip, I got to walk through the whole thing and, and got the history of it and everything else. And it was, it was amazing. I mean, this, the, the hotel itself is 400 rooms. This is not a small hotel. But there were, I don't know exactly how many, I want to say 15 outbuildings on this whole property. I don't even know how, how big the property is, but I would say, I don't know, 30 acres maybe? Something, like, I mean, it was huge. And, and I'm walking through this place, say who was with us, he, he told me that 30 years ago, this was the nicest hotel in Joss, and Joss is huge. Where we live in McCurdy, Joss is probably four times the size. It's enormous, right? And, and he said, this used to be the nicest hotel in all of Joss. And, you know, it was state-owned, so <laughs> you can imagine, you know, with all the corruption, they just pull their money out of stuff, and it, it, just, it just fell apart. So we have inquiries into trying to get a hold of that. But, but God showed in just in that tour what he wants to do with this place. Just pray about that with us. Pray about that because it's huge. It's huge. And it's not just for us. It's for many other missions outfits, American missions outfits that are there in Joss. So, so that was my, my trip to Joss. And then what nobody knew about. Um, except I did at the time, and I, I wasn't allowed to tell anyone until I was there. I, I flew from there to Frankfurt, then I flew from Frankfurt to Geneva, Switzerland. The Lord sent me on a on a mission there in Switzerland that I want to share with you. And this is part of what He wants to show you this morning, because there is something going on in the bride right now. There is something going on in the Spirit that, by the way, you're to know about, You're held accountable for to know about, and it's to recognize what he is doing in this warfare, to recognize what he's doing in this fight, this global fight that we've been talking about for a long time. So that, along with the fact that he wanted it public, he wanted me to state these declarations publicly, so there's a record of it. So before I get into that, i got to show you something. Because when when I went to um, Geneva, I had never been there before. I I had no idea. I didn't even know when he told me Geneva. I didn't even know it was in Switzerland. Like until I started looking at it and all these places, I thought, oh, oh, okay, I'm familiar with that. I mean, I've never been there before, but I was familiar with it. So I get there and I rent this car. Let me just say they're different in Europe. Okay, I'm six foot five, and I did not know that go karts were considered cars. All right? Put put up this picture. Okay, that's what I drove for three days, <laughs> and you you can't really get a good perspective of it because if I was standing up next to it, it came up to about a year on me. In fact, if I were to sit into it, the only way I could sit in it without having my head coming out the the, uh, the sunroof is to put the seat back like this. So I'm like this. The only thing that would have been funnier than this is if I would have had Barry with me, because Barry is two two inches taller than me. Can you can you picture he and I in that thing? First of all, I don't think we would fit like width-wise either. But I got to say, I get in this car. I have not, you could take that picture off because I was looking a little rough that day. (laughs) But what what was funny was here I am in this little car and I forgot to tell them, you know, I didn't want to think about anything. So I'm thinking, yeah, I should just get an automatic. Well, they automatically give you a stick and now i i know how to drive a stick i grew up driving the stick know it love it everything else but have you ever tried to do stick shift while you're driving and while you're trying to do video you know you're like this and i I, so so anyways i get this stick and i'm thinking oh man that was a mistake it was so much fun it was so much fun I mean, one of of the areas that I drove into, and I drove from one area of Switzerland Switzerland to the other, and then back. I drove for 11 hours straight. Had no idea the Lord sent me out. I left at 9 in the morning to do these declarations, not knowing exactly where I was going to go. He's just leading me where I'm going to go. And I ended up clear on the other side, past Zurich. Which, if you know anything about Switzerland, that's the other side of Switzerland. If I would have kept going further, I would have ended up in Italy. I think it was Italy. And where I was down in Geneva is right next to France. In fact, I accidentally drove into France, not realizing that I had driven into France. Right? And they, of course, down there they speak French. I don't speak any French. You know, I, we Bonjour. What is thank you? I knew, I knew thank you, too, but I can't remember what it was. Merci. Merci. Yeah, thank you. Ha! I knew that at the time. But I, I knew nothing, so I, so I had my little Google app, and I'm talking to people, and, okay, here's what I'm saying. You know, they, they spoke French down where, the, where I was. The further I got up north in Switzerland, they started speaking German. Had to switch my app. Okay. Well, that's kind of confusing. We need just a think. No, I won't go there. But it was good. So I, I get in the car, and, Lord, okay, where's my first place? And, and this was actually the night before. I did two the night before and three the next day. But I said, Lord, where, where's the first place? And he took me. It was only maybe 20-minute drive from, from my hotel. It was to a place called CERN, C-E-R-N. Have you ever heard of that? Most in here have some have not put up that first picture. Okay, this this is the welcome center, if you will. I try it. CERN is a place that is a, a scientific experimentation. It, it's uh, it's a place where they have something called a hadron collider, which which collides these subatomic part, uh, particles. And make them clash into each other, and then what they 're trying to do is they 're trying to uh, recreate the big bang they 're trying to figure out how in the world we got here right it, that that is the um, the welcome center because i couldn 't get anywhere else, and I tried there is a place on there in in a like this lobby, exterior lobby area, or whatever you want to call it, almost like a, a garden or whatever, where there is a statue of the god Shiva. That's where I wanted to get. And I tried, and they threw me out. They would not let me go in there. I really, really tried, and I, you know, he just would not let me. And, and so, so this was the next best place. Go ahead to, to the next one. This is their logo. If you've not seen it, um, again, it, it is, I think they have 1200, um, employees there. And their whole plan is to figure out who we are and why we're here. But then there's an ulterior plan behind that. That ulterior plan is to connect. And, and you can read this online. You go on their website, read it online. But it is to connect the dimensions that are not physically accessible. Now, if you know what that means, you know what they're talking about is the spirit realm. That's what they're trying to connect. They have had many advances in that way. So this was the first place that the Lord took me to. And I want to just read what the Lord had me declare. Because this was not just for Switzerland. This was not just for there. This was for the entire world. Because it's what God is doing in this fight. So I stood, in fact, uh, I stood right in front of that logo there. I'm sure people thought I was strange talking to myself, but that's the beauty of putting earbuds in. They just think you're on the phone. doesn't matter. This was the declaration that I gave. I curse this place, these very structures that were built to come against the true creator God. I come against and destroy the systems and mindset put forth here by the enemy to advance humankind and their knowledge of the universe without the understanding of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I release two of my special warring angels along with those released from my team to not only take this land, but to crush the mentality currently behind it. I claim this land in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord of hosts. These angels are to hold this land and to hold any portals that are here and not let them be used by the enemy. In fact, the enemy is to be crushed and disposed of in Jesus' name. I command you also to destroy this Hadron Collider that was built with human hands to expose and access the spirit realm. I further release one of my special warring angels, also in unity with my team, to come against the very witchcraft that has been birthed and is at work here. I authorize the crushing of all demonic spirits conjured by this witchcraft in Jesus' name. I further command the death of any human or Nephilim witch that attempts to conjure on this place or to retake this land or use anything from it. I further call on creation here in this place to come against these stated enemies of God and work with the angels released to crush all of God's enemies' efforts here in this place. All of this I declare and release in the name above all names, the name of our Messiah and King, Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. To Him be all glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. So I finished that. And, and by the way, I, I just want to point this at, Put the lights back up. driving me nuts when I can't see people's faces. I, I just want you to understand, because you could sit there and wonder, what does this have to do with me? If you're part of the bride, it has everything to do with you. Because if you haven't figured it out yet, we're at war. We're at war, and you're a part of this war. If you're part of the bride, you are expected to be part of this war. This war is literally fulfilling Revelation three nine. It is the taking of these strongholds, the taking of land by the bride, where Jesus Christ will rule through his bride. So for those of you, and, and I apologize for those uh, guests this morning that, that don't know this, but but the Lord has taken me several places to declare over several things. Just a few weeks ago, I was in l a w- time before that I was in in london and and there' specifically at Stonehenge. He's had me declare over things in Africa and other places. so that that's there's some history behind this. so after that, I left and I'm not a Google fan at all, okay, but thank you, Lord, for Google Maps, because I couldn't read any of the French or, when I got up north, any of the German signs, but thankfully, Google Maps got me where I needed to go, except it did get me twisted up, and I kept going around this circle get, trying to get out of CERN, and, and every time, it's like it wasn't catching up with me or something, but... I just thought, okay, I'm just gonna drive in a circle until I know which way I'm supposed to go here. <laughs> so I'm just driving around in a circle, in this big circle, and finally I leave. And the Lord takes me on the other side of Lake Geneva, and takes me up a little bit, and it, it was the most beautiful drive. I, I'm thinking, this awesome is is this? You know, are you just wanting me to take in the sights? And He takes me to this place, and it. It was the World Economic Forum. How many know about that? I had no idea at the time until I got there. I had no idea it was in Geneva. I had no idea it was in Switzerland. I, I don't know why I thought it was in Holland. I don't know. I, I should. I, I need my my world, you know, my world view a little bit sharper, maybe. But but he takes me to this place, and this is on Saturday night, so it's closed and big gate the walls were probably I don't know 20 feet high something like that I can only imagine the view that it had was insane but it had this guard shack out front it had like this little tiny Here, you can put the picture up there it had this little tiny parking area and you could see the front of the car and that's the guard shack there and so I pull up there, and I, okay, well, I'll just do it. So I, I just start declaring while I'm there, only to realize that the guards weren't real happy with me being there. And they came out, and luckily they, they got out right when I was kind of finishing up. You know, I'm, I'm kind of putting up my hand as, I, as I'm finishing, and then, then they came out to the car. But the World, World Economic Forum, for those of you who don't know, is, I don't know if it's a think tank, I don't know what you would call it. A group of idiots is really what I would call it. But it's a group that wants to take over the world by their own admission. Right? The founder of it is Klaus Schwab. Uh, we, We know a lot of the members of it, we know. Like Bill Gates is a member of it. You know, a lot of these, please, that, that I think Alex talked about him last week or the week before, that Noah Harari, he's a part of that. Which, if you've ever heard anything that he says, oh my goodness, he he. there are few people that give me the creeps more than him. He, he definitely does. Klaus Schwab does the same thing, but more in a refined air. Like, he, he just, I don't know, I see him, I just, get the same feeling when I'm listening to Hitler. It's just the same thing. But anyway, so, so this is the declaration that the Lord gave me for, for this place, the World Economic Forum. I curse this organization known as the World Economic Forum. This body seeking to rule globally is recognized by Switzerland as an international body. Therefore, they do not fall under any national law. I release two of my special warring angels in unity with my team. By the way, that team is what we call a court team here. It's it's a group of 12 of us total, just so for those of you who don't know. In unity with my team to take any and all land globally that this institution either owns or controls and transfer it to the bride. In addition, I release one of my special warring angels in agreement and in unity with my team to completely crush all efforts made by this entity and those who make it up in Jesus' name. You are to fully expose all of the efforts of this group as well as all witchcraft performed by this group. In addition, you you are to expose and crush all of the evil elite groups with their efforts and agreements with the enemy that associate with the WEF in the world. This includes but is not limited to the Illuminati, the English Royals, the Bilderberg Group, the Freemasons, Skull and Bones, every other secret society whose efforts are to rule globally outside of my father's will. I formally crush and dismantle all of their plans for a great reset in Jesus' name. Instead, I declare and proclaim God's great reset for his children. I declare that the bride will now be built up, beginning with the father's special remnant. What was the enemy's plan to rule the world will now be God's plan for his son Jesus to rule the world through his bride. All of the assets of this group and their associates are to be turned over to the remnant bride now in Jesus' name. This is to affect every mountain of influence globally. I declare in Jesus' name, I hereby claim for Jesus Christ, every plan that the the enemy has had to rule will now be placed in the hands of the remnant bride. Let the example of this dismantling of all global elites be an example of how the enemy is to be crushed when they stand against the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All of this I declare and release in the name above all names, the name of our Messiah and King. Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. To Him be all glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. I want you to notice, with these declarations, there's a reason God wants you to know this. Okay, it's not just for it being online and having some record of it. It's for those of you who are hearing, for those of you who are listening. Because you're held accountable for it. You're held accountable for your faith. You're held accountable for your choices of what you would choose to believe. This war that we're in. And so that's why I mention it. It's kind of like during World War II when they would have those Movies that people would literally go to the theaters to watch the movies about what was going on over in World War II. It was so the people got to see what was being affected. They got to see the efforts. You are seeing, you are hearing the declarations over this. Pour your faith into it. Because it will be a part of your faith that God uses to crush the enemy. So that, that night, because <clears throat> that was later into the evening, I, I went back, went to sleep, and then the next morning I got up, got on, on the road at 9, said, okay, Lord, where do you want me to go? Here. And he took me up to Bern, B-E-R-N, Switzerland. Um, that is apparently where, you know, that's kind of like our Washington, D.C. That's where their parliament building is. All that stuff, and um, I, I don't know why I thought it would have been Zurich, but but it wasn't. I drove to Bern, and it was maybe two and a half hour drive, thereabouts. Um, got into Bern, and being a Sunday, and and this was last Sunday that I was there, I was so thankful because like there was I could park almost anywhere, it, it was awesome, and and as I got in there, I, I was asking, Lord, what all do you want? What do you want here for declaration? I knew a little bit about Switzerland. I knew that that it was neutral. I knew World War II and every war thereafter, it's, it's taken a neutral stance. It's never stood for anything. It, it just, well, we'll just kind of be the friends of everybody. I knew that it was an extremely wealthy country. In fact, I looked it up, and do you know Switzerland, which is a tiny little country, is the seventh the seventh uh, most wealthiest country in the world? Is that insane? The seventh. It's more wealthy than China, which is, just boggles my mind. And it's because... Everybody who does anything financial and wants to get away with hiding what they do, they have their banks in Switzerland. Have you ever heard the the, the expression "Go get a Swiss bank account"? Right, that's that's where they hide their money. So I, I knew some things about it. And and I I parked and I walked out to this Parliament building. You put the picture up there. And this was in this. Oh, oops. No, I, I was off on my timing. Okay, go to the next picture. I'm going to swap these two. I did go there first, but because I've already explained so much about this, I'm going to do them out of order. Um, I went up to the Parliament building. In fact, you could see that that's the, the little entryway to the right there. That's actually where I stood to, to make this decree, and this is what I decreed. This is what the Lord had me decree. Let it be established and proclaimed that the judgment of my my father continues and the restitution of my father's remnant is underway. For a curse has gone out through the whole earth that says, for everyone who steals shall be cleared away and everyone who swears falsely in the name of the God of creation shall be cleared away. Which, by the way, is straight out of the book of Zechariah. The Lord of hosts, Jesus Christ, decrees and I hereby command to a representative angel, pass through this nation, Switzerland. Place a mark on the foreheads of the men and women who sigh and groan over all of the abominations that are committed in it and throughout this land. Include in your past all of the people in any kind of national or global leadership here, even if they do not reside here. You will also mark all redeemable children who have not yet received are reached an age of accountability. When the pass is complete and all to be marked are marked, I then release an angel of death to pass through this nation along with other areas described, and you are to strike. Your eyes shall not spare, and you shall show no pity. Touch no one on whom bears the mark. They are to be left alone and protected. The thief has been caught, and all that has been stolen will be returned to their rightful inheritors. The debt that now falls on this thief that he cannot pay will be taken from the flesh of his seed, I declare it in Jesus' name. Let it be known throughout this land that the Lord of hosts, Jesus Christ, will rule and will rule completely. I hereby claim ownership over this nation for Jesus Christ and his will be done. All demonic strongholds over this land and influence are hereby given notice that they no longer have the authority to be here and must vacate now. If you do not vacate, you will be removed with extreme prejudice. I curse the national structure of Switzerland, who have thought they could remain neutral to gain financial prosperity. Because you have chosen neutrality and have not taken a stand in any way throughout the years, your name will be erased from this earth. You will be consumed by another, and you will no longer have rule of yourself, I declare it in Jesus' name. I claim this land in the name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. I release two of my special warring angels in unity with my team to take this nation, nation's land for Jesus Christ and to keep it from being used by the enemy. You are to expose and dismantle every corrupt industry in this nation, All financial corruption and money laundering as well as heavy sexual trafficking is to be fully exposed and eradicated in this land I command in Jesus' name. No longer will this land be known for its corruption or secrecy, but it is to become a jewel in the crown of the Lord of hosts. I further release one of my special warring angels in unity with my team to crush all witchcraft perpetuated through this nation. I further release this angel to take the lives of any human or Nephilim spirit in this nation that would use witchcraft to perpetuate the enemy's plan in Jesus' name. I call for the rise of God's remnant in this nation. They are to be given special favor as they rise, and their voice becomes prominent. I declare any enemy force that would stand in their way to be crushed in Jesus' name. All of this I declare and release in the name above all names, the name of our Messiah and King, Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. To him be all the glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. So again, before this, forgive me for for the uh, going out of order. Before I got to burn, the Lord took me to, I had no idea that... The Olympic headquarters was in Geneva. Um, I knew I knew that all of the headquarters, which this is astounding when you understand this, all of the headquarters of every major major global sport. Do you know their headquarters is right there in Geneva? It's a, it's actually in Lusanne, L L O U S A N N E, Switzerland. And you drive. I drove through past all these places, and you know the the. Uh, Federation for, well, they call it football, soccer, whatever, is there. All these others are there. They're all based there for the sheer fact that they get to hide their money. They hide what they do. There is no accountability for what they do. And and the, the first thing I was able to pull up on this was really interesting. It, it was a... Uh, maybe a half-hour segment or 20-minute segment with Bryant Gumbel on ESPN. He did he did a a thing on this, talking with some of these heads, and and saying, you know, especially like the Olympics, they're supposed to be doing things at the low level of promoting a sport, and what he was saying is. Over 90% of what's supposed to get to them to promote these sports never gets to them. They end up getting about 2% of what these places bring in. It's not just the Olympics, it is all sports. And not only is it corrupt financially, but it is one of the hotbeds of trafficking sexually. You know, you, you, I mean, just go look at it on the internet. They'll tell you that, that some of the biggest events in the world are the most trafficked. And it's all done through these businesses that are housed here. So the Lord took me to the Olympic Stadium, or the, the Olympic headquarters, and that's the picture of it there. Amazing, beautiful place. I, I mean, I found myself, I'm walking around, you know, it's right on the edge of Lake Geneva. Or There's another word for it, I, I can't remember, but... Right on the edge there, I look out, and there, there's these two wild swans. You know, it's like just gorgeous. And I found myself walking around getting really frustrated, getting really angry, that how dare the enemy have a right to control all of this. And, and it's not the Lord's children that are controlling this for Him, doing it in His will. It just made me mad the more I looked at it. So this was the declaration, and where I did this was almost right where I'm standing. It was right in front of that that sign there, and this was the, the declaration. I come against the global sports industry represented here at the World Olympic Headquarters. I declare it corrupt and command its dismantling immediately, by the way. In each of these declarations, please understand, and and those of you who who have been here, you know what I'm talking about. These are not my words. These are not my words. This is what the Lord gave me to say. I was repeating what, what he gave me to say. So these declarations are his. I declare it corrupt and command it. It's dismantling immediately. Everything is to be exposed and made transparent. All financial corruption is to be laid bare, and restitution is to be made to the children of God in Jesus' name. I release two of my special warring angels along with my team releasing theirs to take any and all land that is owned or controlled globally by the Olympic Games system, and, it, and it's to be given to the bride to steward for Jesus Christ our King who has already paid for it all. I further release one of my special warring angels in unity with my team to dismantle this corrupt industry at every level of sports globally. From the Olympic sports machine to professional sports throughout the world who are also headquartered here in Switzerland and filtering all the way down to children's sports in schools and communities throughout the world. I command all ungodly dealings to be made transparent and those perpetuating this corruption are to be held fully accountable. In addition to the financial corruption, all sexual corruption in the sports industry globally is to be fully exposed and eradicated in Jesus' name. All of those in God's creation that have been taken, manipulated, and used against their will in the sexual slave trade are to be set free. All of this sexual corruption in the sports industry globally is to come to the surface and be laid bare for the world to see. All of those responsible are to be held to account, I declare in Jesus' name. The global sports industry is to be torn down to its foundations and rebuilt upon godly principles of fairness and love, I declare in Jesus' name. All of this I declare and release in the name above all names, the name of our Messiah and King Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. To him be all glory and honor forever. And then the Lord took me one place. I thought I would be done there. But then the Lord had me go one other place, and it happened to be about a four-hour drive one way. <laughs> and it happened to be well into the Alps, which I loved the drive. The drive was beautiful, but I had no idea he would take me to this place. And, and I'll say this because a lot of people confuse this with CERN, because a lot of the videos that you see out there is the dedication of this tunnel and CERN, and they have nothing to do with each other. I mean, except for the fact that the enemy, you know, is perpetuating both. But there, there are actually two tunnels that were built in Switzerland in the Alps, one, and they go right through the Alps. The, the longer one is the one that was dedicated in this way, and, and it was called the Gothard Tunnel. You can put up that. This was me driving by accident into the driving one. I, I didn't realize that I couldn't get off, and so I was stuck. And it was about a 30-kilometer drive one way, and so I had to go through, turn around, and come back. And and that's where I was, by the way, when when uh, I heard, you know, I was watching the the uh, the podcast from, or not the podcast, but the live feed from from last week's message here. Uh, the entire time I'm driving, I I, I had perfect. You know, all bars, 5G, the whole way. It was amazing. I'm up in the middle of the Alps and drove right by the Matterhorn, if you know what the Matterhorn is. It was really cool. Um, but this is the driving tunnel. I don't have a picture of the other tunnel because you can't access it unless you're on train. It is twice as long. It's almost 60 kilometers long one way, and it is a, a train tunnel which you would think of as a great thing it, it was a train tunnel that was made to go i want it's it's within switzerland but it's to open up the the southern european market and be able to ship goods and people can be on the trains and that sort of thing so it it it, it was intended to increase this commerce right go look up the dedication of this of this tunnel just look it up it, it's g o t t h a r d Gothard Tunnel. Look it up and look it up the dedication and watch the rituals. It, it wasn't, well, that could be satanic. No, it was blatantly satanic. It was absolutely blatantly satanic. In fact, they even have, had a portion on there in the research that I had where they killed Jesus Christ. He doesn't raise from the dead. They kill him and it's Satan that's killing him. And all of this I, I don't even understand why people didn't question it. You, you have all these global leaders and Switzerland leaders, these leaders of business that are in, in the audience watching all this happen, cheering, taking pictures. They're all excited. Now I, I gotta believe that a good portion of them had no idea, you know, that the a lot of the comments even online, well, you know, that's just art. No, it's not just art. It's stupidity. But it's not art. It is giving glory to the wrong person. It's giving glory to Satan. It was literally dedicating it to him. So this was the last place that the Lord took me, and I'm going to read this declaration. I condemn the dedication placed here At the opening of this tunnel, Uh, by the way, I couldn't get to the access of the opening, but I did. um, I was probably within, I don't know, a couple of hundred yards, I guess. I I was in the town where they had the celebration, which is where the Lord wanted me to do. And I can't remember the name of it. It starts with an E, but it's just this little mountain town. I condemned the dedication placed here at the opening of this tunnel. This tunnel, upon completion, was dedicated to Satan and all the underworld through ceremony. I crush that dedication in Jesus' name. As God says in his word, what Satan intends for evil, God will use for good. I release two of my warring angels in unity with my team to take this land surrounding this tunnel. You are to immediately cleanse it of all evil spirits that control it. Any evil that the enemy intended to use this tunnel for is now canceled in Jesus' name. I further command that this tunnel and its intentions be used for God's will. I further release one warring angel in unity with my team to fight the witchcraft that was conjured and planned for this tunnel at the opening ceremonies. You are to block and crush any witchcraft that has been done and that will be done in this area. I further command the death of any human or Nephilim witch that would try to conjure from this land or this tunnel in Jesus' name. All access through this tunnel, increasing commerce and movement is to be used for the Father's will from this point on. All of this I declare and release in the name above all names, the name of our Messiah and King, Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to come. To him be all glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. So those were the places that the Lord took me. That is the battle that we're in as a bride. That's the battle that you're in. Even right here in Elton or Newark or wherever we are, nobody knows about us. But do you see how your voice matters? Do you see how your prayer, from where you are, when you are sitting on the edge of your bed and you're praying to the Lord, you're declaring out to Him that His will be done, do you understand this is the fight you're engaged in it is It is the mystery of the bride that Paul talks about. It's the very coming together and the revealing of the sons of god in fact, you know what? I want you to turn there, turn to Romans chapter eight and i know I know I took a long time to to read these declarations and and, and it was important to, to get it on the record. But, but I don't want you to leave without understanding the why. The why is this important? Why is it important to you? Why is it important in your life? Romans chapter 8. I love chapter 7. Really, 7, 8, and 9 give such, such a picture of the switchover if you will, from an old covenant to a new covenant in Jesus Christ. But rather than take the time with the setup of it, I I just want to go straight to uh, verse 12, where, where it talks about our inheritance, and it talks about what Christ really paid for when he died on the cross. Bear with me here one second. You know what? Um, Yeah, no, we'll start at 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors. Okay, I I want you to circle that word in your Bible or highlight it somehow in your Bible. We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So, in other words, who are we debtors to? If it says we are debtors, but we're not debtors to the flesh, who are we debtors to? We're debtors to the one who paid for us. We're debtors to the Spirit in which He represents. Verse 14, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. That's hard to get your mind wrapped around. Because we look at all the things that Christ is going to do in the, in the millennium and then for eternity. And we're co-heirs with Him. Jesus Christ Himself said that we would rule with Him. That's a, that's a difficult thing to get your mind wrapped around. But that's your calling. That's your calling as the bride. also doesn't mean that you'll receive that calling. Also, doesn't mean automatically that you get it just because God has offered it. It's like anything else. We accept it. We receive it with our yes. We receive it with our surrendered lives. Saying, I want your will above my will. Why? Because I trust you so much more than I trust myself. Because you are good. I could trust you, Father, with anything. You notice I didn't read that last part. Where it says, we're fellow heirs with Christ. What? Provided we suffer with Him. Ouch. Ouch. That's tough. Because, see... In our mind frame, I think I really think it's a human mind frame. But I'll certainly speak as an American American mind frame. If something is going wrong, you know, even even as an American Christian mind frame, if something's going wrong, let's say, you know, we have we have so many people getting hit right now with sickness. Yeah, you know, we got good good twenty percent of our church isn't even here. This more probably more than that because of sickness this morning, because of having to fight and not not just the ones who are not here because there are many here that have been fighting over the last couple of weeks getting hit in ways that wait a second we're 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 children of God we're co-heirs with Christ this shouldn't be happening to me i shouldn't have to deal with this this is clearly the enemy and it is what am i doing wrong because you're allowing this father it's not about doing anything wrong it's about you're in a battle zone you're on a battlefield with a real enemy, a real enemy that needs to be conquered, that God is using his children to conquer. How many of you have ever been in a fight at all? Raise your hand, I mean a fist fight not. Not like talking fight, okay, about, about a third or so, okay, when you went into that fight, did you get hit? yeah yeah in in fact, for those of you who have not been in a fight there there's there's a real simple formula for winning a fight. You got to take a hit. you got to be able to take a hit. Do you know it's no different with the body of Christ? It's no different in being co-heirs with Him. you got to learn how to take a hit. And more than that, you got to learn how to deliver a blow that causes damage. Those are the two things that He's teaching His bride right now. You have the authority to deliver that blow that makes the enemy regret it. There comes a point. The Lord's told me this so many times. There's coming a point where the collateral damage. On the enemy's side. Is so great. He stops trying. And starts going after a low hanging fruit. <laughs> because he can't take the hits. That's where we are. You got to learn. Learn. How to deliver a blow, but you've got to learn how to take a blow. And that's hard. It is hard because part of that taking of the blow, Satan messes with your mind. Because immediately, well, well no. Okay, what did I do wrong? Now, sometimes it is that we do something wrong. You know, sometimes that's the truth. That's why we wrestle with it. You know, if we're stepping into a a pathway that, that the Lord never called us to be on, then we're going to face dangers on that pathway that are of our own doing. Right? If, if, you, if you, and a real blatant one, okay, if you step into known sin, you know, there, there's no real gray area about that. Right, if I step into known sin and and well, you know what, I, I, God will forgive me, and I'm just going to kind of be on this path. Don't say that you're taking hits on the battlefield for the Lord. No, what you're doing is you're creating the enemy to pummel you completely. By your own choice. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you are surrendered. When you wake up every morning and you say, Lord, your will. Your will be done, not mine. I give you my life. I give you everything that I am. And you step into your day and you get knocked down. That's what I'm talking about. That's the battlefield that you're stepping on. In that battlefield, we... Learn to take a hit. What does that mean? It doesn't mean it's not painful. It doesn't mean we don't love each other and go to war for each other. We do all that. It's about a mind frame of recognizing that you're getting hit, but for the right reasons, (laughs) if that makes sense. You're getting hit, but even in you taking that hit... You're coiling up for a devastating blow against the enemy. You know, one of the most difficult fighters to fight, and it's the same in, in the animal kingdom, is one that is injured. You know that? I mean, try, try dealing with an injured badger. Badger. Or, or, or an injured raccoon, which I've done. Yeah, it's easier just to run away. Right? Because in their mind, they've got nothing to lose. Well, when the Lord teaches us how to take a hit, and we're getting hit, it increases our authority to hit back. Don't ever think you can't hit back. Don't ever think that you can't hit first. That's what these declarations were. I think a lot of people were hit as just side warfare because of these. I may have been the one giving the declarations, but I was not the only one on the battlefield. It was all of you were on the battlefield. Don't think that you can't hit back. I remember when I was a kid getting beat up every day after school, every stinking day. I was in third grade, third and fourth grade, every day. It's like I'd walk home and I'd come around this one corner. Okay, here's my, okay, time to get beat up again. And one time they they would always hit me in the stomach and in the legs and stuff like that. One time they hit me in the eye and I got a black eye and hit me in the lip and I had a a fat lip, bloody lip. And I went home and my dad looks at me and he goes, What in the world happened to you? And so I was scared. And I, I told him, Well, they beat me up. They beat me up every day. And he said, Why don't you hit back? And I said, I didn't know I could. I I I I thought you'd be mad at me. <laughs> my, of course my dad's a Marine, right? <laughs> My dad said, son, let me teach you how to hit back. And he said, here's what I want you, because this was on a Friday, here's what I want you to do on Monday. He said, on Monday you pick the biggest one. And I was little. I was little until I hit the ninth grade. He said, you pick the biggest one, and you hit him and hit him hard. And my dad tried to teach me how to punch, and I wasn't a real good learner. (laughs) So Monday came. I picked the biggest one, I grabbed him, I threw him to the ground, I sat on top of him, and I didn't know what to do. So all I could do, I I just held him there. I thought, well, if I just hold his hands, at least he won't hit me. And all the rest of them are kind of looking at, you know, kind of sitting there, and they start laughing at him. And what I didn't intend to do, but what I did do is I made him look like a fool. Those guys were my best friends after that. Isn't that weird? Now, I'm not saying you want to be best friends with the enemy. That's not my point of this story. My point is you can hit back. You have the authority to hit back. And do hit back. And by the way, don't wait till he hits you. Come out swinging. Come out swinging at him. Because he is on the run. Oh, man, there's some things I want to share with you so bad and I can't yet. But there's some things coming. There's some things coming that is going to show how afraid he is. You're going to start to see it manifest. You're going to start to see these declarations manifest all over the world. In sports. In financial corruption. Not because I said it. It has nothing to do with me. Just like it has nothing to do with individuals here. It has to do with our agreement with God. He is the one doing this. This is the coming of the mystery of the bride. You know what's funny is we live in a time that's so hard to pick out in the Word of God 10 years ago. I would have said, man, you know, the mystery of the bride. Well, even Paul says it's a mystery. You know, well, that clearly just means this, and I'll give my little generic answer. No. Do you know the almost two-thirds of the Word of God? This is going to be a bold statement, guys, but trust me. Two-thirds of the Word of God speaks of the time in which we are in right now. Think about that. The time that God kept hidden as a mystery. He kept hidden because it wasn't to keep hidden from you. It was to keep keep hidden from Satan. Satan thought this was his time. He thought that, okay, it's my time to rule, time to take over. Let's put all these things in place. Yeah, let's start this thing, World Economic Forum. Yeah, Klaus Schwab, get out there. He thought it was his time. But it's not. It's not. It is the time that Jesus Christ planned before the foundation of the world. It is the very finishing of what he intended to do through Adam in the first place. Think about that. Adam was to subdue. Adam was to steward. From Adam, it has never happened. But it is now. Because Jesus Christ is reversing what happened in Genesis 3. He's reversing it. Why? Because he has a remnant of his bride that believes. Man, go open up your word, the word of God, and just dive in with the, with the idea and the template of how does this apply right now? It's going to blow you away. Start reading all the major prophets and all the minor prophets with the idea of how does that apply to right now? It'll blow you away. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. You are the true interpreter of your word. Speak to me. And he's going to show you things that'll blow you away. So I just want to, maybe I'll do it next week, but man, keep reading in chapter 8. The future glory, the revealing of the sons of God, literally goes into this promise of redeeming our bodies. Man, how many could use that? Please, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm standing up here, I'm not telling you I know what that means. But I want it. Because the Lord's promised it. I could tell you one thing for sure. It's not what I used to think. God's taught me that just about everything that I've believed. I used to think, well, we get our glorified bodies when we get to heaven. And, you know, maybe at some point, and, and, you know, at some point, I'll be good looking. I don't believe that anymore. I mean... Not the good-looking part. But I believe that this time in which we are in is unique. I think so many things that we thought were going to happen when we get to heaven are going to happen in this realm here. Not because of us, but because God intended it that way. That's what He wanted to do with Israel. That's what he wanted to do when he walked with his disciples for three and a half years. That's what he wanted to do and offered to do to them, and they rejected him. And he said in Romans 11:11, 11, 11, that "I will use my bride to make Israel recognize what I offered them." And by the way, that offer still stands. The Lord didn't pull it back. He's going to fulfill everything that he promised with Israel. But he's doing it through his bride to show them what he wanted from them and wants from them. So, man, just keep reading in chapter 8. The Lord has so much there in terms of what he has for us. Alexis, come on up.
1: Before we close in prayer, I just wanted to mention when he was talking about the accountability that we have and pouring our faith into this, um, it is, to me, the, the greatest accountability is understanding the power of the fact that we have the authority to declare. And there is a lot of scripture about what the believers, not just right, but responsibility is in declaring. So I hope you'll look at the scripture, starting with even salvation, Romans 10, 9, and 10, um, 8 and 9, I think it is. It's the, that, that, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart That God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There are so many things God asks us to declare. When Paul said, "Um, I believed in full faith, I believe, therefore I have spoken. That comes from Psalm 118. It is what we are believing we're declaring out. So it is, and and this is something the Lord was just kind of saying to me as I was listening to this. It is offensive to people who don't understand that we actually have authority that how dare somebody think that they could go to any part of the world, even in their backyard and declare something. That's the word of the Lord to something to, to change it and to not know that that's what God does is to not really know who God is because all through the word of God, God works through his people. He works through his people. You see that in every leader he ever called. And so Where you would think that, oh, it's not my place and I I shouldn't do it. It it is just as wrong to step in authority God did not give you as it is to say, I'm not going to step when God tells you to step. You see, it would be absolutely blasphemous and disobedient and not of God for him to come up with these things just because he's angry about the state of the world today and make these declarations in his flesh. That would be very much not of God and not His right, but when the Lord leads you to make a declaration, it is disobedient to not follow through because it, it's say it's like when Moses complained when the Lord was calling Moses into his, into his role. What did He say? I can't speak and I I'm not that you know I can't do that I can't handle that me but that's not me you know that's really where the state of the bride is today. We're We've gone to sleep because people, we were kind of waiting on God to just do it. Well, God will do it. I mean, He's you know, I, it's not my right to say that. I mean, I'm not I'm not the one that can say that, and that's why we're in the mess that we're in. So, <clears throat> as the Lord calls, and has you declare whether it be over a region, over a territory, over your family, like we said last week, rise and speak the truth. We really would not be. We, in the state that we're in now, if more people would speak and declare the word of God through their lives. And, and again, look up scriptures on declaring the word of God. It is, it is so many, many places, so many, many places. Um, and you're going to see the difference. Cause I, I know that when he said, pour your full faith into it, he's asking us to pray and Decree and declare it's it's so much like what jesus said, you know If you have full faith to say to this mountain be removed And you don't doubt it and you believe it with all your heart it will it will be moved You know those kind of verses kind of blow our minds like who, who am I to tell a mountain to move? Okay, well, that's exactly what the enemy wants us to think that it's not my right And in a way it is not our right apart from jesus but when he tells us to move it is not your right to be disobedient it is it can be your choice, it is your free will, but you are walking in disobedience if you don't walk in the authority that God has given us so so this isn't about come out swinging and as he said, man don't there's so much be careful it's not about coming out swinging in your flesh. when we do that, we get into a whole lot of trouble you don't just poke any bear because there's a bear there you Obey the Lord because he will give specific assignments at specific times. And if you're in tune and walking in the Holy Spirit, you will know exactly when it's time to engage in the battle that's before you. And when we're all doing that, that's where the body of Christ can take more ground. Because my assignment isn't going to be the same as Sue's assignment. Sue's will be very specific. And as she declares in her assignment and she takes on the enemy in that According to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and I take on mine. There's so much more ground we cover, so um, this is why I know the Lord wanted these things released today. But again, if you don't know authority and you don't understand authority, one of two things: you either be offended, or you'll kind of be envious, like who, why he gets to do that and I don't get to do that. To feel either of those things shows you don't know who you are, because. You are called according to the purpose of God. When you know who you are and the, the incredible assignment that God has for you, the incredible relationship he invites you into, you'll never look at another person and think you're in lack. You'll just go to, go to God and just be excited. When I look at Moses, when I look at Joseph and Abraham, I look at these things and I think, okay, I'll, I'll never be able to be that. No, but I'll be able to be what he created me to be. And I'm excited about that. Because the God of Abraham is my God. So don't ever look and allow these. We're hit with such a barrage of lies and intimidating spirits and all these things that, that cause us to just go to sleep. And just think, well, there's a few few crazies out there that might get something done in this dark world. But I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Oh, don't look at it that way. It is, we are, we have, we're under the same mandate that, like he said, the God intended, which is to subdue the earth so that it is ruled and reigned by jesus christ through his people father thank you god so much for today thank you god for your word thank you god that it is so full and so rich of just filled with what you have for us who you are and your promises, God, that are so amazing. They are yes and amen. God, I just pray that you would open our eyes, open our ears, give us more wisdom and revelation as we seek you, God. Not to go on constant rampages within our own mindsets, leaning on our own understanding, God, but on divine assignments led by you, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do your work, to take territory from the enemy that never never had a right he stole it and it is time to take it back God this is an amazing time and I praise you for what you are revealing what you're showing give us the strength open our eyes to see what you have and let us rise knowing you I'm just so thankful God that the closer we get to you in relationship in intimate relationship the more courage boldness confidence that we have because there's nothing that gives us more confidence and courage than knowing how much we are wrapped in your love so god i I just thank you for who you are thank you for what you have given us thank you jesus for what you paid for you paid for us to carry your authority you paid for that joint heir status god thank you thank you jesus for that and help us to walk in that and not to have some distorted, messed up, false humility to think that, well, no, that I, I can't do any of that. I'll just sit. I'll just sit, God, and let you do it all. Oh, God, that is, a, that is a sleeping, disobedient place. And that is not what you have for us. So, God, open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what your, the Spirit is saying to the churches. That we might rise and bring the kingdom to this earth. Lord, your will be done your kingdom come and on earth as you have planned it in heaven that is our desire so i just thank you and praise you and worship you and take this deep into our hearts even throughout the week as we dig further in your word to uh to just enjoy spending time with you in jesus mighty name amen